Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 9th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosper Nike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And going to be a, a kind of a reset episode here. We're not going to talk about the trade deadline. I know that's what everyone wants to talk about, but we'll have plenty on that in the next two weeks. The trade deadline officially two weeks away, but we'll focus on some shorter-term issues here today on today's episode, talking about some players that might need a little bit of a reset uh, of late, especially some guys that, that need to kind of figure out their roles again uh, if they're going to contribute to a team that is at least nominally still going for a playoff spot at the moment. Again, uh, debate for another day, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep the focus very narrow and start, of course, with the preview of tonight's game as the Orlando Magic take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Philadelphia, as everyone knows, has is, is really been a really nice story throughout the year. Uh, through, through January, they had one of the best Januaries uh, of the entire league, uh, and, and they've really captured a lot of people. Um, you know, a team that has struggled for several years just to build a little bit of a winning tradition uh, and just, just put things together, finally seemed to get things together. Uh, and a big reason to that, of course, is they got Joel Embiid out on the court. Things have settled down for Philadelphia, though, uh, since uh, since January ended, really, even before January ended. Uh, Joel Embiid, of course, uh, is out right now. He suffered a, a knee contusion, uh, I believe in his right knee, um, just before the end of the month. He's actually now missed nine of the past ten games. He was scheduled not to travel to Orlando. He didn't play Wednesday against San Antonio. Scheduled not to travel to Orlando, so Magic fans will not get their first up-close and personal look at Joel Embiid on this trip. Meanwhile, the 76ers have continued to struggle just a little bit. They're at um, 20 in, or 18 and 33, so they're a full game. Uh, the Magic are 20 and 34 right now, I believe. Um, so they're, they're you know a half game behind them in the standings, but obviously a team that's still... Not very good offensively, really bad. Worse than the Magic uh, by offensive rating. Um, they are a team that has really, really struggled on that end. Having said all that, though, Philadelphia is a team that plays extremely hard. That's always been something that's been a characteristic of Brett Brown's team. They may not have the talent to beat you every single night, but if you don't match their effort, if you don't execute against them, they will pick you off. And it's no wonder, I mean, it's, it is a wonder, but um, it... it for that reason, it's not been surprising that as the Magic have struggled for the last four years, a Philadelphia team that is, you know, has been pretty bad and purposefully pretty bad has picked off the Magic at least once every year. So Orlando needs to be on guard. Now, Orlando has played well against Philadelphia in the past. They're 2-0 against the Sixers with both games up in Philadelphia. One was the first win of the season, a crazy game where the Magic fell behind big early, came back, took the lead, Held on at the very end, got a, you know, kind of pulled, kind of got the win on a, a, a flagrant foul call on Serge Ibaka. Made the free throws, got the win. Doesn't matter how you get the win, they all count the same. 
Second win was probably the Magic's most complete and best performance of the season. They blew out Philadelphia on the road. It was when the Magic were feeling really, really good. Both teams are in completely different places today. Um, So I don't think there's a whole lot you can draw from those games except to say that the Magic can beat Philadelphia. I mean, they, they and they both did it both times with Joel Embiid. Guy they got to watch out for again is Jaleel Okafor now. There's a lot of rumors going around about Jaleel Okafor. It does look like the Sixers are going to be looking to move him and Nerlens Noel. Neither of them fit really well with Embiid, and it's clear Embiid is their future. Uh, but while Embiid is out, Okafor has been pretty solid. He scored 21 points against the Spurs on Wednesday on 5 for 10 shooting, got to the line a lot. Magic's defenders, especially Nikola Vucevic, Going to be have are going to have to be on their toes. Philadelphia is very much a, a team that they try to push the pace a little bit, and their offense really can't sustain it. So if you can put together a run and pull away, you can beat this team. Uh, that's something that the that, that the Spurs I think did really well. The Spurs didn't play a particularly good game; they just kind of cruised, and it felt like they're they were they were up seven or eight points, and Philadelphia never really threatened. Uh, if you get the stops, kind of halt their momentum you can score on this team. And the Magic have had their moments where they've looked really good on offense for sure, and this is an opportunity for that. Of course, the big news from the Magic side of things is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon missed the second half of Tuesday's game against the Houston Rockets with uh, a soreness in his right foot. He, he had an MRI, did some tests on it uh, af- after practice on Wednesday. He did not practice with the team Wednesday. They kind of had a light practice anyway. Um, but... He had an MRI, revealed a bone bruise. He's officially listed as day-to-day. But um, judging by what Gordon said to uh, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, it sounds like it isn't serious. Gordon said that he doesn't anticipate that he would miss very much time if he had to miss any time. Uh, But he also said that it's been something that's been uh, kind of progressively bothering him for a while, and and Tuesday kind of hit a head where he, he couldn't. Uh, do much on it. So it's still a, uh, you know, obviously missing Aaron Gordon is a bad thing. I, I mean, I, I we talked a little bit yesterday about the spacing on, on Lockdown Magic, the spacing that the Magic had with him off, off the floor. And, and there is something to it, but Aaron Gordon does help this team. He's, he's a top-notch defender. He's an athlete that can get out on the perimeter. He, he usually is in the right spots where he needs to be. And if you leave him open, he'll make, he'll make a jumper. Uh, and I think his last 10 games, if this foot injury has been something that's been recurring, that certainly explains why his jumper has been off. He's shooting, I think, less than 20% on three-pointers, around 35 36% on field goals overall. Um, it's probably for the best that he takes some time and gets healthy. I'm sure, you know, whether you want to believe this or not, I'm sure Magic Marketing is thinking, rest up, go to the, go to the slam dunk contest. That's going to help us as much as it helps you and your brand to go put on a good show in New Orleans. Um, I don't anticipate Gordon's going to be out. I think there's the possibility that he'll play on Thursday. I don't think I don't think he's completely out of the mix for that game either. Uh, but certainly um, not good to have Gordon not 100% healthy. Magic do need him on the floor, especially when the schedule gets tougher. Um, Philadelphia's probably a game where you might be able to afford going without him and, and throwing Amari Wazonia back out there or starting Jeff Green at the three. Um, Jeff Green back with the team. Beautiful, yeah, you know, Steve, he, to, he reported to us that uh, didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but uh, or two nights ago. But uh, he has a beautiful baby girl, and, and and so we, you know, us here at Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, congratulate uh, Jeff Green and his fiance on uh, on the, the I, I imagine you know is there, is there such thing as an ugly baby? I don't think there is um, on the on the uh, on 
being becoming a father, being a family for for the first time. So, um, should be an interesting game at the Amway Center, seven o'clock uh, tip off for the Magic. They'll take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Go on the road for two more. Dallas and Miami will have previews of that that, that game later on in the week. Um, actually, it's today's Thursday, so I guess uh, we'll have that preview for you tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. Uh, and then uh, they head they come back home to play the Spurs in the last game before the All Star break. We are four games till the All Star break. Two at home, two on the road. So we'll see uh, what the Magic can do to try and build some momentum there. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And today I want to talk about two players who need a little bit of a reset, if that if that makes sense. Uh, two guys that are vitally important to the Magic in the roles that they play, and when they don't play at the level the team expects or the team needs... This team is much worse. And the first guy I want to talk about is Alfred Payton. Um, When the Magic were out on their West Coast road trip, Alfred Payton was playing at an incredible level. He was really the the engine for the team. And and we discussed it, uh, especially after the Magic loss to the Jazz. Um, I discussed it uh, on several occasions that, in many ways, this team goes as Alfred Payton goes. When you look at his splits this season... Uh, in wins, Alfred Payton averages, uh, pulling it up here, Alfred Payton averages 14 points per game, 7.2 assists per game, shoots 49.3% from the floor, 36.5% from three. In wins. I mean, and of course, it's the obvious statement. Yeah, of course, players play better in wins. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. But the, the difference between how Payton plays in wins and losses is pretty instructive to me. In losses, Payton averages 11.6 points per game, assists per game, and shoots 43.2% from the floor and 20.3% from three. More than any other player, Peyton is probably the one guy who can break his man man down off the dribble and get into the paint. He's not necessarily getting in the paint looking to score, but that creates the space, like we talked about yesterday, that creates the space to free up shooters and get open shots. So when Peyton's assist numbers are up, when Peyton's field goal shooting is up, because Peyton is very good at finishing around the basket when he can get there, that's when the Magic are most effective. That's when the Magic are a much better team. And and back at that point in the season, uh, you know, Frank Vogel said something very interesting. Um, you know, he said, uh, you know, at, at one point that you know he pulled Alfred Peyton from a game late against the LA Clippers for in favor of DJ Augustin, and the Magic kind of dropped the ball and lost that game. And he, he told the media, it was after a home game, told the media, you know, I turned to Alfred Payton after that game. I said, I, unless something crazy is happening, I'm never not coming back to you. And it was a testament at that time that Alfred Payton, the third-year point guard from the Magic, controversial point guard, I mean, by all reports... It, Scott's, you know, the former coach didn't want him there, if you believe certain reports. Peyton is as inconsistent as any player on the team at times. 
But Alfred Payton, it seemed, had his coach's trust. And, you know, whether you believe Alfred Payton is the point guard of the future or not for this team, and, and I think that's still up for debate, and I, I wouldn't surprise me if Payton's name pops up in rumors in the next two weeks. The Magic were better with Alfred Payton running the show. That is a good that is a good thing for them to have. Since that time and say the last ten games, let me pull it up here. In the last ten games, Alfred Payton has not quite delivered the same way. His scoring is out fourteen points per game, which is pretty good. Forty three and a half percent from the floor, twenty four percent from beyond the arc, five point eight assists per game. Payton, again, has been as inconsistent as anybody. You'll have a really good game one night, a really bad game the next. And then some mediocre games in between. The Magic need a good Alfred Payton. They need Alfred Payton to feel like he's running the show. And I know there's a a current, and and there might be some truth to it. There's certainly a current that, that says... Evan Fournier takes away possessions from Alfred Payton. And I think that's partially true. And certainly, there's certainly a probability that that is true. That Payton, that, that the Magic let Fournier have some possessions. That's maybe something a young point guard needs to learn to say, okay, you know, this, is, this has got to be a Fournier possession. He's got to get the ball. He's, you know, I got I to gotta get him. This is my possession. I mean, there's certainly a little bit of that that Payton is still learning how to do how to be a point guard managing five players on the roster who all need the ball in certain places and and, and need to run through the offense. At the same time, Peyton himself needs to get him needs to get going. Because the Magic are a better team when Peyton is go is going and when Peyton is playing at a high level. And figuring out how to to do that is, I think, one of the big questions the Magic face. Because you know, Alfred Payton is not the player, not, not the kind of player who uh, no one's calling him a superstar, and so that's not a player you want to build a roster around. And and there is a little bit, and, and I think this is very much a big question for his future because it is extension summer for him as well. There's a big question about Alfred Payton about what his real role is for the team, what his role is for a winning team. Can you put the ball in his hands and just let him go? Can you have him run a team and be a secondary player? Has his shooting improved enough? And clearly, on the nights that he's making his shot, he can do that. And the the team benefits because of it. On the nights when he's not making his shot, he's got to be the one attacking the paint and and, and freeing up space for everyone else. And of course, that's not easy to do either. The Magic still have a lot of work to do here. And the Magic still have to figure out what the best way to use Alfred Payton is. And it's great that Payton has his coach's trust. And and, and frankly, I think he's, pun intended, I think he's earned it. Because when he's good, he is really good. And when he's really good, the Magic are really good. It was the same way last year, just as it is this year. But there's still some tweaking that needs to be done. And Peyton needs to become a more consistent player. And it may not happen until the summer. And the Magic may have to reassess some things if that happens. But getting Peyton back to that level is certainly something that's imperative because it's very important to the team. Just 
as it, I think it's important to get Bismack Biombo back on track. Um, Biombo came to Orlando with a lot of pressure. I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. He had the pressure of signing a big contract. He's the highest paid player on the team. And while he's not starting, which is, you know, I, you know, say that what you want, the Magic do need Bismack Biombo to be a presence. And it's it's hard to say that that he's done that entirely well this season. If you look at his defensive metrics, his shot blocking is down. Um, he's averaging uh, in roughly the same amount of minutes, uh, a little bit more. 1.3 blocks per game down from 1.6 blocks per game last year. His block rate is down as well to a career low 4.3%, which means he's blocking 4.3% of field goal attempts made while he's in the game. Uh, His defensive win shares are 1.5, which are not bad for this point in the season. Um, He certainly still makes an impact defensively, at least statistically. Uh, And and he's still had his moments. But certainly the Magic have tried to use him offensively in weird ways. And that hasn't worked. You know, I mean, I think the famous play right now is is from Tuesday when the Magic gave the ball to Biombo at the elbow. He kind of got got the ball taken from him by Nene, and Nene beat everybody down the floor for a dunk. And that was a, a big a big signal during that 20-2 run that lost that pretty much lost the game for the Magic uh, on Tuesday. The Magic, in my opinion, and I wrote this um, roughly a week ago now, or three, a couple weeks ago now, is, is the Magic needed to kind of reset Bismack Biombo's role a little bit. It's not so much about, you know... He's the highest paid player. You got to throw him out there, give him the ball. It's getting him to do the things that he's good at. That's rebounding, putting him in position to rebound the basketball. That's blocking shots. So having him be a rim protector, funneling things into him and letting him block shots. Uh, and and not involving him in the offense so much. Um, bringing him back to the bench in favor of Nikola Vucevic, I think was the absolute right decision. Not only did Vucevic kind of earn those minutes back, it was a chance to, to get Biombo back in a situation that he can have some confidence and he can, you know, do the things that he's comfortable doing. You know, I I, I have this theory and it, and it makes logical sense. So, but, so maybe it's a well-done moment, but, you know, Biombo's a talented player. And salary aside... Whether a team is good or bad to me often comes down to do you have your players playing the roles that they're capable of playing and not trying to do too much? And when you look at bad teams, bad teams tend to have their players trying to do too much. For instance, asking Evan Fournier to constantly break players down off the dribble and be a playmaker, while it's nice to see if he can do it, that's probably doing too much. Aaron Gordon running pick and rolls is probably doing too much. Say the same thing I think happened with Bismack Biombo. Think they tried to have him more involved in the offense a little bit. They tried to pair him with Serge Ibaka, and, and Ibaka would both both he and Ibaka would kind of be at the same place at the same time and, and trying to both block the same shot, and it wasn't effective. And so, kind of, Ibaka and Biombo canceled each other out. They didn't work well together. Playing Biombo with Vucevic 
and having Biombo sometimes out on the perimeter, even in horn sets, giving him the ball at the elbow and having him kind of not play make, but pass off, pass off on those, that might be giving him too much to do. And again, it's nice to it's okay to experiment with sometimes, but I think a fair criticism of Frank Vogel is he's kind of stuck with experiments long past their expiration dates sometimes. There's obviously, obviously, you know, Biombo can still be a player that can contribute, and and it's and it seems tough to say that right now because it's it's tough to tough to measure it, and he's got the big contract. But there are clearly signs that Biombo is contributing something defensively, and it's just about figuring out the best way to use him or the best way to kind of hide some of his offense too. And that's always going to be a problem when it comes to, to Bismack Biombo. And so I think figuring out a way to kind of reset him, reset him a little bit, reset even expectations for him from fans. And again, the salary makes it tough. I get it. Magic paid a lot of money for him and it made little sense at the time. And it's been making less sense as this season's gone on. And that's not a knock on Biombo. It's just kind of the reality that that he is among the many players that don't fit this roster really well. But resetting that bench rule, I think, has been good for him. Um, And I think, you know, he's still someone that's got to just focus in on what his role is. And that's rebound, block shots, bring energy. Set hard screens. He's best screener on the team. Block shots, protect the rim, make it make it hard for players to come into the paint, secure rebounds, and if you get a putback or two, fantastic. Otherwise, keep the ball moving, keep bringing energy, keep being encouraging. I mean, he's a positive guy. I mean, he's a great guy to be around. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think it's I think with Biombo, it's just about kind of focusing on what you do really well. And if if, if he does that, I think he will be much much more successful. Like I said, this is kind of a shorter episode of Locked On Magic, so I hope you don't don't mind. We'll get into some bigger issues tomorrow, including a recap of Thursday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Tip-off at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. You can also like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Uh, tomorrow, I, I may preview uh, some mailbag questions for the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. The Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open if you want to send us a question, tweet me at omagicdaily. You can also tweet tweet your questions at LockedOnMagic. Use the hashtag LockedOnMagic. I'll try and do a mini mailbag on tomorrow's episode to close out the week. Um, if you want to email your questions in, you don't do the Twitter, you don't do anything else, uh, don't do any of those other fun social media things, you can always email the show um, with questions, comments, business inquiries, advertising inquiries, anything like that, omagicdaily at gmail.com. I think that'll do it for today's episode. I hope it was a good reset uh, of some two key players on the team uh, as we get as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Not everything has to be about the trade deadline right now, but we'll have uh, plenty more discussion on that in the next two weeks to come. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.